Let me tell you this. Green Bay is a great town for football. No one is perfect. Nobody can be perfect. But by striving for absolute perfection, you raise yourself notches above what you may have been content to be. Who's our head ref today? Tony Correcti. This is his rookie year. Oh, we're going to give him some This is the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, coming from B2B Data Guy Studios with your hosts, Spencer Sismanowitz and Kyle Turkowski. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. This is Spencer, joined with Kyle. Kyle. Hello. And the Packers are in first place in the NFC North as it should be. All is right in the world once again. This is recording on a Victory Tuesday Oh yeah, with a victory of sixteen to twenty-one, and Why it's over. The opposing team first. Well, because the home team is always the second. I don't know if you've ever noticed that mm. when you're watching a game, the first name listed is the away team. The second name listed is the home team. That's fair. I'm just a big, big uh, say your score first sort of guy. Yeah, I mean that is the only score that matters. But correct where we were, Packers victory, great day. Great start. The Packers were back for an entire quarter before it kind of fell apart. Um, we'll jump right into it. I love beginning right in the beginning of the game. Fox opens up the cameras and it's Brett Favre and Cherry Star in the tunnel. I loved how that brought the energy up in the stadium and they kind of rolled right off of that. What did you What did you think? Yeah, uh, I agree. I think the last time, yeah, the last time they did anything pregame or maybe maybe it was halftime was that was. Had to do with Bart Starr. Um, what was? Do you remember that against Chicago? Yep, that was Chicago three or four years ago. Yeah, a game that, that a, of course they we lost. Unfortunately, that was lost. Brutal. Yeah. Um, God. Yeah, that was the that was the last time I think we played Jay Cutler on the Chicago Bears, and he beat us. Yep. The pregame ritual. Yeah, this past weekend was chilling, emotional, and um, very, very cool to see, especially the shot of Favre and Cherry Star right at the tunnel was, was uh, got me a little choked up, can't even lie. I do like how Favre is kind of turning into this figure of like, you know, your buddy's kind of weird dad, you know, <laughs> he, just, he just shows up and even you see, you see the pictures that for the halftime event too, where it's Rogers and Favre, <laughs> but Favre's got the like, standard dad glasses with like the wire on the back connecting them so they don't fall off. Yep. And always got that, that shit grin on his face. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing too. He looked old on Sunday. <laughs> that's the oldest he looked. Cause he had like the, his eyes covered with those terrible yeah. dad glasses, but the Packers were back for an entire quarter. That was great. I, th- I texted you at the time. I was like, wow, this here we are. The pa- this feels like the green Bay Packers again. Yep. But it was what we've had the last two years. A little, little short-lived, like, yep. Where we get a quarter and then it disappears. Yep. So what did you think of Aaron Rodgers on Sunday? Uh, he, I can't even say he's back because I don't think he ever left. Um, I think he, well, he really, he showed his 2014 self, I think, the, the most. Um, some of the throws he was making and some of the um, – some of the angles we see now from the all 22 is just incredible. The throws he made, I think um, it's only going to get better because the, the offense is going to um, be able to adjust even, even more and even better. So I, I think it's, it's going to keep trending up. Yeah. I, um, the, the thing for me is he, he came out hot, obviously. I mean, it was 21 points in essentially drives. The, in yeah, essentially the first quarter, three, three drives. And um, it's – I don't want to be too hard because his arm strength is there. His arm is still there. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm worried about. We saw um, the Geronimo Allison uh, – what what play was that? The um, – oh, the no, the no look. No, sorry. There was – Oh, where he fumbled? He had a, no, he had another no look throw this game. It got called back, but he was it – was, it was just a, a flat. He just threw it out in the flat. But there was the called back, or no, Devontae just dropped it. Mm. I, yep, I know what you're talking about, where that, he, he had pressure, where it was uh, like Lane Taylor just got bulldozed. Weird. And, <laughs> and yeah, he just, he off his back foot, falling away, just flicked his wrist. And, yep. it, I mean, 
you can't put it any other place. And Harrison Smith made a hell of a play. And although although Harrison did make a hell of a play, that was a very catchable ball and was very uncharacteristic for Devontae not to call that in. But, um, yeah, the throw. And um, another throw that comes to mind was the one to MVS where he kind of he kind of had it up top. Yep. Um, that was another incredible throw. And I think if he comes down with that, and LaFleur, LaFleur mentioned this in his postgame presser, um, there's a few plays where, yeah, they sputtered the the last three quarters, but there's a few plays there where if they if they make those plays, the the energy is just like you feel a lot different, a lot better about the game. Yeah, and it's what I was it R- Rogers was Rogers with his arm. It was those plays and the the play to seal the game as well was one oh of those. That was my goodness a classic Rogers. Oh my goodness that we haven't had in a while either where. It almost looks like the play went to crap, but he just stopped and threw it right, I, right to Devonte. You know, I think he was staring at uh, Mer- not, uh, yeah, Mercedes Lewis in the he flat. He had that shootout. Yep, right to Devonte, sealed the game pretty much. I mean, Bar we right after in that. his face. Oh, my goodness, that throw! I think it's, um, I, I if you if you don't know what we're re- well, you should know what we're referencing, but. Uh, Go do yourself a favor and watch that play in slow motion again. The way he, when he turns to, when he's done completing the play action and turns to the field, Barr is right there. He has to make the, he has to see his receiver and make the decision in less than a second. And he just whips the thing right in the numbers and first down game over. The best part of that too, which I didn't pick up until after the game. And this is Twitter talking for the most part is what Roger said right after when you look at the sideline sideline I just saw him yelling but everyone on Twitter was saying good fucking call <laughs> is what he was looking at Matt LaFleur is that what he said that's what people think he said who knows but either way love it yes love it which is great with you know people were talking about uh, at the end of the second half when Rogers was yelling at LaFleur apparently LaFleur is the one who actually initiated it initiated it but then they went to the bench afterwards and like talked it over. Yep. Which Rogers said, "There's there's been some kind of back backhand um, discrediting of Mike McCarthy this week, where even guys on the oh, beat are talking yep. to how um, Rogers felt that's something that Mike McCarthy would never do, and how he even appreciated it last year when Joe Philbin would do it." Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he got asked in his postgame presser, has that, you know, what is that like? Is that new to you? Because I just feel like Rogers is smart enough to where he knows that if he says something, it, it's going to get picked up and ran, especially with guys like Florio. Absolutely. And so he kind of was just like doing, almost like doing the math in his head to like, okay, how can I craft this and, you know, put it diplomatically almost. And, yeah, he's like, Joe did it last year, but yeah, not not much before. I I'm paraphrasing, but sure. yeah, I think he I think he danced around it pretty well. But um, you could definitely tell that um, he he made it pretty clear that McCarthy had never done that. He definitely picks and chooses, especially if he's going out of his way to talk someone up, which he did in the press conference as well, where he said that they need to give uh, MVS the ball more, or we need. They, I think he said that they need to take more shots deep with MVS, mm. which. Would be great. I mean, as we were talking about with the Vikings, it really seemed like the second half, there was that play that you talked about with MVS where it was just great defense. There was the wheel route that uh, Kendricks oh, yeah. that Kendricks got on uh, Aaron Jones. And then there was also, uh, I believe it was MVS. I'm not sure who was covering him. Maybe it wasn't MVS where he caught it on the sideline and just flew out of bounds. Yeah, that, or he got, like, carried out. Yes. He got, like, undercut yes. and carried out. That was MVS, yep. So, the, the second three, half. Those three, four plays are made, and who knows where those drives end up. Right, and more looking at the offense as a whole, a lot of teams, and the Packers have done this for years as well with McCarthy, but it's usually the, ten, the first 10 plays under McCarthy would be scripted, first 10 or 12 plays. They scripted the first 20 plays of this game, you look at the first three drives, it, I believe it came to 22 plays. <laughs> Once we got off the script is where everything kind of fell apart. See, and this is where I – I, because I'm not a big X and, X's and O's guy, and, and I don't think either of us are, but, like – Absolutely. I, I would want <laughs> – I want – like, I'm curious to what 
why why it falls apart off script like what the like what the script is and like how do they construct that and why can't they almost like replicate the script throughout the game you know what i mean you'd think well shoot just let's start let's start this pattern over just go to the beginning and see what doesn't work but maybe that goes uh we can move on to to the receivers now i'm not sure what we really have at the skill position players after Devonte adams i think mvs is a great project he's a number two geronimo i mean I think this is probably going to be his last year with the Packers just because of what else we have. Is he in a contract year? Yeah, he's on a one-year deal. Oh, that's right. Yep. He signed a tender, yep. but that's other right. teams were still talking and wanted to get him. So the Packers, I don't know how it exactly works because he signed a tender, but then they also signed him to a regular contract, which I haven't really heard of before. Anyways, moving on from that, and with the skill position players, after last week where we were very excited with what the tight ends were doing, you know, being involved, the only thing you can remember from the tight ends this week is Jimmy Graham Miss blocks. missing the block and the offensive pass interference. Oh, yep. Yeah, I think I, the tight end group didn't have a single catch, did they? Nope. Yeah, that's um, – and going off Geronimo, too, I think, yeah, outside of the touchdown, he was – which, I mean, hell of a play, but outside of that, he had that – brutal fumble which i mean what are you what are you doing man well it's that's it, not your, that's not your that's not your i don't know it, it's one of those things where you love it until it doesn't work yeah because Do, donald driver would do that stuff all the time and it was great because how many how many first down shoulder like that and running like i mean that it's, was it's just not giving up though you should obviously you should hold on to the ball better but especially because he was right at the first down marker too you want your guys to Go all out for the was first that a down. Third down play though. I don't think that was. Super it was necessary. he. I think it was second down. If not, it was third. But he was right at the sticks, right at the and sticks. you got you got. I mean, and it was you don't at fumble. that mm, what 35, 40 yard line, yep. which I mean, probably four down territory. But right. I, I mean, you say you love it until it doesn't work. I don't love it even if it did work because I mean, he's what two two hundred pounds soaking wet. And he's not—he's yeah. not physically menacing to, rude to, to be able to I think, do something like that. But, um, he, the touchdown was a great play. But other than that, yeah, I'd, pretty forgettable day for Geronimo. Yeah, it was—it was fun because all the talk, you know, is the Vikings have a great defense. Vikings have a great defense, and then the first quarter, I'm just laughing. <laughs> God, that was so fun. Well, and the whole roads closed thing, it was great. It was great for that quarter because Devontae just ate his lunch. Yep. There was the very first play of the game. It was he, – he, yeah, he ran like a – it was a – not a sluggo, but like a – like a slant slant corner almost. And he got uh, Harrison Smith's hips turned, and it was bread and butter after that. It was e- one of the easiest throws of Rogers' career, and – first play of the game we're in enemy territory and that was a great start that was one of those where okay this you know like the momentum was already already like mounting for us and because as soon as it happened, i was like oh we're gonna win this game this yeah, gonna be easy. yeah. And then we go, go right down i'm like oh my god and then and then it's you know the vikings get the ball in the second quarter and we don't score again after yeah, that that was um that was tough and that was but again um going back to what we already mentioned three or four plays go differently and it were maybe put up 28, 35 points. Mm -hmm. Um, But going back to that first drive, um, what I loved most was, I think it was, I think it was the, yeah, the second play. So right after the play action to Devante to get into Vikings territory, they ran the side note, the two running back sets, Pretty awesome. Yes, um, fun. With Jamal and Aaron Jones on the field. Then Aaron Jones ran that little swing, and they gave it to him, and he picked up like six or seven. And then two plays later, they do the same exact pre-snap motion, everything, yep. and do the same fake it, fake the play to Jones, which they just ran, and then set up the screen to Jamal for the touchdown. I mean, that was just yep. gorgeous, perfect execution. And that's been brought up a lot this week recently because all offseason, that's what Matt LaFleur was preaching, what this offense would be, is very, you know, a lot, a lot of different looks. Making it look the same pre-snap, yep. but doing yep. multiple, many different things as soon as the ball is snapped. But having the defense think it's only, it can only be one or two things when realistically you can you know, make 
four, five, six, seven different plays out of it. Right. And you you brought up Aaron Jones. I think this was the pretty close to the perfect way to split the carries for the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Uh, a lot of people have been, you know, hated McCarthy for the way he, he's fed Aaron Jones recent, you know, last year and the year before. Mm-hmm. The thing with me, with Aaron Jones, he's obviously very, I think he's a top five running back talent in the league, but the guy just can't hold up. And he's been in three training camps now, and he's gotten injured in every single one of them, and in every regular season, he's also gone on the IR. So I'd always have him at this 15 to 20, low 20 carries, because I think Jamal Williams showed again this week that he is the you know ideal number two back, because he can do everything, none of it amazing, but he's not going to drop the ball. He's mm-hmm. not going to miss a block. He's he's what you need yeah. from that number two guy. And having both of them on the field obviously helped helped us out quite a bit at the beginning of the game. Yeah, it just – it because, yeah, I, I echo everything you say with Aaron Jones and his talent level, but it would just drive me so nuts when they would just go one for one almost for drives. It would – Jones for a drive, yeah. Jamal for a drive. It's like – you keep your talent out there. I think you talk to McCarthy. Yeah. And I think, well, I think even in week one, it seemed like yeah, they were trading true. drives. Yeah. I think it should be Aaron Jones, two or three drives to Jamal's every one. Yeah. Something like that. It's just, I'm this, especially um, what LaFleur wants to do with this offense is I, th- and I think you kind of see it in other, this offense that he runs. You can look at what um, the Rams did in the Super Bowl is, if you stop the run with this offense, you're kind of screwed because that's what's mm. setting everything else up. Mm-hmm. So if if Aaron Jones did go down, we I would Jamal Williams is a great number two. He's not a he good one. Yeah, he's he not can't a good be the one. Starter. No. So, uh, and along with that, uh, Elton Jenkins. Very odd. I can't remember ever there being a rotation oh, yeah. on the offensive line. Yeah, but I was, found that to be pretty. And that was that was going on all game, wasn't it? For, well, it was odd because Lane Taylor started, then it was Jenkins either the second or third series, and then after that, Lane Taylor had like two or three in a row, and then I think they almost switched just about every other. It was a very yeah, odd rotation. I, I, uh, I don't maybe maybe Jenkins. I, yeah, I, I can't I can't even have a guess why they would rotate like that. I mean that that can't be common. I th- I think Lafleur is. Uh, the coaching staff might be afraid of putting a rookie out there, especially you look at the first few weeks here, and where front it's four. Bears, Vikings, Broncos, yeah. Eagles. I mean, it's not it's not ideal. I he's he's going to finish the year as our left guard if he's healthy, mm-hmm. no matter what. But what and what I wanted to get into as well with this is he was our second round pick this year. Way too early to talk about this. This draft class is absolutely phenomenal. Wow, yeah. Because, I mean, Gary hasn't had to do anything right to this point. Darnell Savage has been an absolute monster. Elton was our third pick. And then you even look at guys in the back half. Uh, Kiki hasn't suited up, but he's he's this twitchy guy that's supposed to be the new Mike Daniels for us. Holman, the corner from the sixth round who showed up in training camp too. Really looking forward to what we're going to see yeah, here Yeah, he's out. just not fully healthy yet, is he? Right. He's dealing with a neck, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, it is a little worrisome that Fackrell is getting more run than Gary. Um, but I, I was seeing a lot of the a lot of people on the beat are saying maybe it's because of uh, Fackrell's coverage ability, uh, maybe his familiarity with but the system. But I don't I don't know how I, how I feel about that. It is – 12th overall, not contributing anything yet is is a little tough, but um, yeah. our other first-round pick has been f- everywhere, flying around. Um, I'm super excited about him, and I, I think I already mentioned that. I, I've seen I, – I said it after week one. I've seen it enough. I know he's going to be a ball player for a long time. And we'll be back after this quick message from one of our sponsors. Are you tired of this happening to you? Wow. I'm having so much fun at this tailgate for a game of American football in Green Bay, Wisconsin, but I only have enough hands for two beers. I could be having more fun if I had more beer in my hands. Well, what if I told you there was another way? Whoa, where did you come from? That isn't important. What if I had a way to solve this urge you have for at least a few minutes? 
Yeah, that sounds great, but there's no way. Well, now there is. Whoa, that looks great, but what is it? Oh, you've never had a little handy? A little handy? Yeah, you know, a little extra something to get you through the tailgate. I mean, I guess, but you want to do this right here? Of course. You can have a little handy wherever you want. Little Handy is a small detachable arm that attaches anywhere on your body. The Little Handy can hold any can effortlessly with no help from your user. You no longer have to sit and wish your double fister could be a triple fister. Wow, this is great. It just feels right. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm never going to another tailgate without getting a Little Handy first. Thanks! Visit LittleHandy.com to get your Little Handy today. Alright, wow, thanks for that amazing ad. Let's move on to the defense, which seems to be what this team is going to be. I'll just yeah. I'll just get right into it. This is the freaky Friday of the Green Bay Packers for for the seasons wow. cuz to this point and from what we can remember me being 27, you being 24, mm-hmm. it's always been in my mind, hey, if the defense can hold the team oh to 21 God. points, <laughs> We're going to win the game. Holy smokes. Gone are those days. And now it's turning into if the offense can score 21 (laughs) points. (laughs) Wow. We should win the game. That's a great analogy. So we can get right into it. Kirk Cousins, thank you. It's from from the get-go, unfortunately, uh, I'll put this out here. Kyle and I live in the greater Minneapolis. Yeah, we probably should have cleared that up. We are in enemy territory, and that's why it makes this – this win this week so much better. Me personally, I find more hatred for the the I want to beat the Vikings more than I want to beat the Bears. Yeah. Um just because of having such close proximity to their fans and their fans acting as if they are some storied franchise and um discrediting our franchise for not being storied. It's 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 pretty frustrating. It is. It is funny how um, very very quickly quickly in some arguments with Viking fans, obviously they, one they always always want to rip the Packer fans apart for stock, which sure you can make that joke. It's fine. It's not. I don't know. It, they they like put spinning it in their head that Packer fans who buy stock actually think they're owners of the team. Nobody who buys stock actually thinks they're <laughs> owners of the team. It's absolutely ridiculous to the point where with the new Viking stadium, they have bricks outside it where you can, you can, you could purchase them at the time, you know, for a family member who may have may no longer be with us, blah, blah, blah. You want one for yourself. You can buy them out there. What is there any difference? Same sentiment. It's it's the same freaking thing, but you know, they will argue, well, I can go to the stadium and point at my brick and, (laughs) And show people, look, this is this is my brick. I'm like, well, I can do that with the stock. Yeah, well, you can't do it at the stadium. All right, well, that who cares? Yeah. But this is a newsflash. Both of them are a terrible investment for your money. <laughs> Absolutely, because it's it doesn't make any sense. Get back to it though. Kirk Cousins is absolutely terrible. <sighs> Two years ago, that that free agency, that off season, I you know because it was. Is it going to be Teddy? Is it going to be Bradford? Is it going to be Keenum? Case, is yeah. it going to be Cousins? And from the get-go, hand to God, I said, I want the Minnesota Vikings to sign Kirk Cousins because obviously it's, know. it's going you to cost knew. a lot of money. Kirk Cousins has been this, I don't know, th- just this figure. The thing that has that hyped him so much, that free agency, is the Redskins – giving him the franchise tag two years in a row. If that doesn't happen, Kirk Cousins isn't with the Minnesota Vikings. But it's this built-up, well, Kirk, you know. Perceived Kirk, value. Kirk Cousins was like our Nick Perry, except he was a quarterback, where he had this great year, contract year, and it's like, well, we can't get rid of him. Yep. Damn if we, you do, damn if you don't. But we can't lock almost. him up long-term, so it, it was franchise tag, franchise tag with Kirk Cousins. And, you know, he proved he – proved to be worth it at the time, but after that, they were like, yep, smell you later. Goes to the Vikings. He's been absolutely terrible. Yep. I mean, his own, his previous GM called him Kurt. Couldn't even get his name right. Well, the one thing I would argue is that if any team is going to make a, the 
wrong move, it would be the Washington Redskins. Correct. But at the same, but at the same point, the thing Viking fans would argue would argue at the time when they signed Kirk is, oh my God, well he has Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen now. He's never had weapons before. Yeah. Well, guess what? Now he doesn't have an offensive line, and he had a pretty good one for the with the Redskins yeah, for a while. That's right. People never look at that, but so you look at the Cowboys. Be it Dax had a pretty amazing year so far with a new offensive coordinator, but he's always had a great offensive line and he's always been pretty solid. Yep. Soon as he uh, puts ink to paper, that offensive line is going to start dwindling away. And yeah, we're going to see the, the, the true Dak. Um, but anyways, yeah, Kurt, Kurt cousins. I, I love that man. Um, they have him under contract for this year. Next. I couldn't be more jazzed about it. Um, by the time his contract expires, a lot of their young studs on D are going to be uh, a little bit more um, worn down, and yeah, I just I I, I it'll mean, it'll I be think, interesting to see. I don't think they're years. ever going to be able to. It, it signs point to them never being able to put together a competent O line because it seems like they've been at that for a decade and right. have just had no success at it. Well, it was like them them with the offensive line is almost like us for the safety position since Nick Collins has been gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, a pretty good comparison, but thankfully, offensive line is way more important. And yeah, and to that point, we talked about him earlier, but Darnell Savage, once again, amazing game, aside from the one terrible tackle attempt of on Delvin the, Cook. The touchdown, yeah. That and, was, I mean, he was kind of on an island, though. That's a tough play. It was. It Cook, w- I mean, that guy is a baller. He is He's it, really good. It was tough watching. I can't remember. <laughs> It, well, it, it, you have like flashbacks of haha almost, where you see the yeah. you see the running back running to open space on the television screen. And you're like, oh sh- oh shit, what what is what is on the froze. what is missing? What is to the left of my TV screen? And then you see Savage, and he's still pretty far back. And you're like, well maybe. And then he's gone. And it's like, oh fuck. There's yeah, that's a, that's a yeah. touchdown. That's flashes of haha for sure. And the um, Vi- Viking fans. So many of them have been saying all week too how the Packers did not win this game. The Vikings lost it, which oh is such goodness. bullshit. And they're they're saying how it was the flags, be it the the refs were absolutely terrible. But the Vikings, for how much they're trying to say that they won this this game, they had three plays on offense, and that was it. They had the pass to, to BB, they had the Delvin Cook, yep. and then they had the Diggs touchdown. Yep. If you you know you can say that a you, you look at our first three drives. I don't know if there was. Any huge plays, the Devontae to open was big, but if mm-hmm. you took – there wasn't those splashes that the Vikings right. had. And even and even on Diggs' touchdown, Jair – I mean, he claims he lost in the sun. I have no reason not to believe him, mm-hmm. but and it was right through his mitts. You, you take that away, they have nine points. It reminds me I, – I don't want to sound like a biased Packer fan, but it does remi- remind me of last year when – Fans were saying, "Wow, look at Kirk dropping dimes." When it was uh, Bryce, Kentrell Bryce, Kentrell Bryce in the corner of the end zone on Adam Thielen. Not it oh was so God. weird because he didn't play the ball, but he didn't play Adam the, Thielen. The, he didn't play. He, he didn't play anything, and it he just sure, closed it, his eyes and ran at it, and it dropped right into Thielen's breadbasket. But it's like any competent safety would have made that play, yep. and. Jair's was kind of close to that too, where it kind of just went right past it. But speaking of Jair, I think this is you. You've been talking Savage up. You think this he's he's a player. I think this is the Jair Alexander game because not only mm. did he lock them up for the most part on the stat sheet, he was able to get in their heads so much that Diggs and Thielen had personal flags. Yep, because of because yeah. of Jair yep. Alexander. Even to the point at the beginning of the game, I remember I thought it was odd because um, on that great catch by Thielen where Alexander was all over him, it was a great catch. Thielen helps Alexander up afterwards. Well, then you get to the second quarter or whatever, and, Thiel- and Thielen kicks yeah, Alexander. That, it was on the BB catch, yeah. Yeah, where be it Alexander did kind of run him over, but the play was still going. You, if it, you look at that play back, though, it's either it's either collide with Thielen or trip over his own guy. Right. I mean, it looked, he's going to collide with the the opposing jersey every single time. Like, it looked like a hockey check. Was just so, just a bitch, dude. Oh my, just a little. Eh. 
Yeah, I mean, I like. What do you think of Adam Thielen? I've heard mix. I think he's. I think he's a great player. I heard some fans hate him, and I'm like, I don't know how yeah, you can hate hard the guy. Not to I hate Diggs. Him. It's hard not to respect him, but yeah, when you're doing shit like that, it. I mean, with with Stephon Diggs, I know he's a good slash really great player. I can still remember three years ago when Chris Collinsworth. I think it was Sunday Night Football. Yeah, it was Sunday Night Football here at U.S. Bank Stadium, and he's like. A star is born. Look at this Stefan Diggs. He disappears so often. Mm-hmm. This this game he finished with the one catch the touchdown. That was it. That was it. And then he The w- other that was called back that the Vikings fans love to complain about that one too, but I mean I think that was the, a little ticky tack, but it was ticky tack, but it's good for the game. But I think I I always try to with with flags like this. I always try to reverse it to where okay, right. what if what if this? Yep. I mean, pretty pretty common thing to do. You'd I, be I would hope among fans, and yeah, we I would be pissed, but at the same time, I'd be like, that play, those plays to a degree have screwed us so much in the past. Yes. I feel like I don't know exactly who it was. Did we play the Falcons last year? I don't remember who it was, but those pick plays right on the goal line, have killed us. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they threw the flag instead of it was offensive pass interference, I'm like, oh, great. Okay, I can't wait to see this replay. I'm sure it's just what we've seen in the past. And it was a little more ticky-tacky, yep. blah, blah. But, I mean, Savage was breaking on it, and he he had a defender on him, and the quarterback still had the ball in his hands. So, again, a little ticky-tack, but I understand, too. And I understand Vikings fans' frustrations. I do. But that's not – I mean – that's not the game changer, I don't think. The Vikings needed to make way more plays to, to win that game on offense. Yeah, so. I thought the secondary had a pretty good game, and once again, the front the front seven was pretty phenomenal as well, where uh, Kenny Clark had oh my six pressures, I think, from an interior lineman getting that much. Yeah, is they, well, and they had their – it was probably – I, don't, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine a lot of the pressure came from their left guard because I know um, the Vikings starter was out. So maybe that – well, I'm sure that had a lot to do Bradbury, with it. Bradbury, their rookie, their rookie center, is has not – Oh, yeah, he just got pro, well, dominated. Too. Pro football focus hates him because I think <laughs> he put up a zero passer rating, which – or pass blocking rating week one, which a lot of people – I don't follow pro football focus too much. Right. Zero, and then this week I believe he had a 16 rating. Which is still absolutely terrible. Right, so a lot of it was that. Zero even. That, I mean, that a zero. That means like you didn't even put your hands on him. I feel like that's what happens when you play Kenny Clark. Yeah. You don't get to put your hands on. Him. He just swims right by. Yeah. Him. And the um. And didn't ha- you? Didn't you? Um. I think I saw something on Twitter that Kenny Clark is younger than Bradbury. Yeah, it, I feel insane. like Ken, Kenny Clark's age is almost like Adam Thielen going to D2 school. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's anytime it can get brought up, it gets brought up. The guy's up. been 23 for a decade. Yeah, because that's what they were saying, that he's younger than Bradbury, the rookie that he was going up against. It's insane, yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was a, a great game from the Smiths again. Uh, Zedarius, I don't think he had as much. He he left at one point, came back. Yep. But Preston too. There was uh, very early in the game. Obviously, he had the um, he had the pressure where he almost got there, and then the next play is when he had the pick. Yeah. Which was great. It's. I guess I haven't been been playing paying too close attention to that. But did they have Preston dropping in coverage a lot? Because that was. That was odd to see. I don't know. Like like you said, I see Fackrell drop back more, but they they do love Preston because he's able to drop back and he is a bigger body he's as just well. So large. I mean, you see him in those post game interviews, like with like the little little blonde reporter. It's just, I mean, Kevin King played well too. Oh, Kevin King. God. It was nice that he uh, finally he got the pick that he missed last week. Yeah. Oh God. And back back to the Viking fans. Oh, about completing the catch or whatever. Yeah. They are they living in 2017? I mean, it's been an entire year. That that catch rule has been gone. I mean, yeah, this is what the second or third. This year is the now. this is the second year with the new rule, which is great because it was that play and also Thielen's catch that hit the ground. It's those plays where you watch it, and the only thing that makes you think it isn't a catch is by watching NFL games. If you <laughs> if you watch a normal football, you know any type of football. And you look at that, you're like, this is a catch. Yeah. He had possession, and it was with Kevin King. He rolled over, sure, he let go of it at the end. Adam Thielen as well, 
tip of the ball hit the ground, but he maintained. Don't even complain about it. But the Viking fans saying, oh, Calvin Johnson has something to say about this interception. No, he fucking doesn't. <laughs> He's not in the league, and that rule is not in yeah. the NFL anymore. And I think a good barometer is always to look at the the the, the player who caught it in question, look at their reaction when they pop up. And you saw as when he popped up, he started you know turning to the crowd and pumping up. He knew he knew he caught it. I, I did like I like that. Well, maybe I didn't. I didn't like it at first. Liked it more later because at first, when you see it, I'm like, Kevin, hold on to the ball. <laughs> I thought because I, I thought it was in celebration where he just caught it and he kind of you know roll it out or uh-huh. threw it, didn't care anymore. But you see him run to the stands, whatever, it, all all jacked up. And yep. then I saw the replay too. Actually, shout out to the Packers Instagram. One, a lo- I don't agree with a lot of the things that the that the guys do upstairs for the Packers, but the Instagram account has been great the last few years. To during the game, they have the uh, like Lambo leap. I don't know what they must just have some some intern down there with a with an iPhone on the who, ready yeah. on the ready at the field goal post, ready for a touchdown, and then they just pan while they do the Lambo leap. Yeah, but they were there for the Kevin King play. And immediately there was I, I forgot who it was it might have been Raven Green he went to the ref and was doing the catch motion right away and I'm like God well now now I'm questioning because yeah. <laughs> yeah if you have to overcompensate like that it's yes. like Ugh. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but yeah offense okay defense great special teams not a ton to say once again J K Scott pretty great he pretty good game yep he had a couple that were in it. But the last punt was, yep, I mean... All that matters. That's, that's really all... Oh, man, that's all you can ask for. And again, I when we took him in the fifth round... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifth round, um, I was just like, man, a, a fifth a punter in the fifth round? But I'm eating... I will gladly season and fry up those words and eat them <laughs> because that is... He's, I, he's already proved his worth. Yeah, and... To to Goody's point, at least we weren't the first team to take a punter in that draft too, because the Seahawks took one one or two picks before the Packers took uh, took J.K. Scott last year. Oh, really? A punter? Mm, yep. Wow. And to the point too, this is going to be way into the into the weeds. Hunter Bradley's played better this year, the long snapper, who was their seventh round pick last year. There were a few last year, and the beat guys have o- always talked about last offseason is how inaccurate he was with his snaps and uh, it's to the point now where jk i trust but now i'm just looking at the snap and i'm getting ready for one to roll to him and i feel like it's gonna happen wow well i have not even been paying attention to that at all and now i feel like i'm gonna be fixated on that and it's just gonna cause more anxiety well now i now i'll just kind of creep you out about it there's to the point um i don't know who first started talking about it but J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley are actually neighbors, where they bought <laughs> houses or they have apartments right next to each other. So all offseason, apparently, they were practicing. Goodness gracious. So uh, to this point, it's worked. Paid off, yeah. I'd also like to touch on Trevor Davis. For how sure-handed, he had kind of a come-on, man, yeah. game. There was a few questionable, um, like that one he didn't fair catch. He just got lit up. Yeah. I mean, he... He he seems to be a little fair catch happy, and for him to not so, catch yeah, that was he's, very weird. I don't know. Well, the thing with him too is you have you have to know that his decision making skills aren't going to be great because mm. last off season, as some might remember, he was with his girlfriend on vacation. Oh my goodness! And he got detained by what is it, the TSA? Yeah, for bomb threat for saying he had a bomb they asked him do you have any weapons on you you know the the usual airport he said oh yeah yeah i got a bomb on me sarcastically well hey you're an idiot and then he got locked up for you know a couple hours there but just shows to the point even where it's a good yeah synopsis of his decision i wonder if goody is worried too because of the corner we claimed from the chiefs yeah i mean that i mean why else would they claim him well I saw Raven that. Green. He's, he's a good. Oh yeah, he's a good um, gunner too. So if he can come in and and um, contribute on special teams right away, that's a hell of a pickup. Yep. And we yeah. And I'm not sure what else there is to say about this game either. Rest for bad. Sloppy game. Rest for bad. Yep. 
offense came out hot. Um, and like I, another thing that is dangerous for my well-being and fandom, um, like week one proved when they put together that four-play, 75-yard drive in yep. 70 seconds. I now think they can do that. And now what they did in the first quarter here where they put together three touchdowns and three drives, I'm going to feel like they can do that at any given time. Yeah, we we keep getting teased by this offense. It, it was the same thing last year too, where I'm glad we moved on from Mike McCarthy. But there were there were those moments, you know, against the Rams and where uh, this I, and the I Patriots don't really. The Rams game the Maybe first I'm just half on a little revisionist history where it, but it just yeah okay maybe the Rams first half, but it just it just like all I remember is just feeling constipated all year. <laughs> last year it it's it's like every at the every game you could just sum up with this yeah every single one it's like everyone it's like god we were so close if you look at it we were one score from beating both the we were deep in the fourth quarter against the rams and patriots with a better than good shot to win with yeah and with um this how do i put this with the the season still in reach, so to speak, right. I guess. Because we were, I think... Oh, speaking of, I, I am a hypocrite. I hate people who say we about <laughs> sports teams they like, but I've dropped it probably a hundred times already, so feel free to ridicule. Anyways. Um, well, you're, you're not a, you're not an owner. Oh, I'm a season ticket holder. Yeah, so. see, I... Well, you can't... I, I'm a stock owner. I'm allowed to say so, okay, we. You can I'm, say I'm we. one of... That's, the stock owners of the Green Bay Packers are the only fans that are allowed to say <laughs> So if you could just... If you could just call me out when I say we, please, that would be appreciated. The Packers were, I think, three and two at the time, or three and three maybe when they played the Rams. And was then, a record that good that early? Yeah, and then they lost that game, and because or yeah, it was maybe it was three, two, and one because beat the Bears. Oh tied man, the we were yeah, yeah, and that that game was in in reach. Ty Montgomery happened. Oh, and then we lost to the Skins in Week Three, and that was a brutal that loss. That was bad. That that was that was the worst part of the season. Yeah. Like. Well, t- it was the second week in a row where, and that's another thing. Getting a little off track here about how Vikings want to complain about the refs when, I mean, literally 365 days prior to Sunday, well, 366, close enough, 64. The Clay Matthews play happened where Kirk threw up a prayer. Clay made contact with him as he was throwing it. So it was perfectly legal. And Jair picked it off, would have sealed the game. I think there was a minute 20 left. Vikes had one timeout. So the game was over. But they call it, they throw that flag, and it goes to overtime, and we tie. So I wish, I wish there was a way on Twitter. Obviously, you can search tweets and stuff. I wish you could just go back to your timeline a year ago. Yes. I wish you could oh, just that do that and sweet. scroll because there were so many Viking fans saying, you can't complain about can't the refs. complain about the refs, oh, yeah. There was still a game. There was still a game after that call you could have played. Yep. And Which is fair. This, oh, God, we keep t- – I just fucking hate the Vikings. <laughs> so much. We keep getting back to it. I don't understand how last year's game, the tie, Packer fans think that the Packers should have won. Viking fans think that they should have won. Packer fans think we, we think we should have won because of a bad call from the refs. It was a bad call from the refs. The Viking fans think they should have won because a Vikings player didn't play well. Their kicker could not kick in that game. He was a member of the Minnesota Vikings. You lost the fucking game. Yeah, yep. Un- unbelievable that they think that that's... Yeah, it's, it's a distorted and very, yeah, twisted view. But, I mean, I can't blame them that franchise has not tasted much success so they're going to try and rationalize and and deal with it any way they can so yeah that's just how it is they'll keep hanging their division banners (laughs) from here until the end of time we will get our division banners and keep them in the trash where they belong yeah do you know how many like again being in enemy territory you know how many nfc north division champs shirts i've seen it is so pathetic I don't think I've ever – have you ever owned a division it's, championship It's actually shirt? very funny <laughs> you bring this up because my, my mom is great, and she goes to garage sales all the time. 
she had a bag of like some Packer, some Packer stuff. There was three shirts. One of them's a Bart Starr one, which is what I've been wearing the first two games. Oh, yep. I'll change it off if we ever lose. Wow. Well, yeah. Big F. Forgot what the, I think the second one is just a general Packers one. The third one was a Packers uh, 2012 NFC, cha- NFC North championship shirt i said mom i don't want this i I swear to you i said mom you can keep this one i i'm i hold to this point cannot do it that's loser talk right there literally you look at the vikings practice facility they legitimately have their banners hung up in their facility for their division titles you look at the packers practice facilities can you can you guess what banners we have hung up uh world championship world championship banners I mean, no. that's all you have to say. The Vi- no. We've said it before. The Vikings could leave the NFL. No one would care. Mm-hmm. Nobody would care. Yeah, right before we hit record, we're thinking, what would the NFL, like, what what did, what did have they brought historically? What? And it's just, I mean, AP, the single game record. Yep. Randy Moss. The purple people eaters that we don't even know about. We just hear that yep. term. I mean that is you just you look at the the last ten years they the Vikings Viking fans still love saying that they run the North because they've run they've won the NFC North or whatever division they've been in more than the Packers apparently oh yeah like they to love 19, that one they yeah they want to say that they've owned this division even recently they sure maybe they've made the playoffs. They needed a literal miracle to have their first <laughs> playoff win since Brett Favre was their starting quarterback. It one. Is, it is they literally the one. word miracle is in the play. It's in the name of the play. You have one playoff win since 2009? Yeah. And speaking of that play, at the end, it, it kind of translates to last Sunday. At the end when um, when Diggs ran it in and, and throws off his helmet, he did the same thing oh my God. on Sunday because he because Jair was so – Far into his head that he was just you could just tell he I mean you could almost see the smoke coming out of his ears because he was just so mad and then he takes off his helmet and starts jawing the crowd because he's so pissed off and then he, he caused it it's just so I saw perfect. the perfect picture there was a picture today I'm gonna take a took a screenshot of it because I it was you can tell looking at it that uh, Diggs thinks he looks so fucking badass and cool just standing alongside, like, the fans at Lambeau. And he just looks like an angry idiot. Yeah. And it was the same thing um, for the Minneapolis Miracle, be it that was an amazing play. And even at the time, I was like, shit, the Vikings, they, this is their moment. They yep. finally had – they've never had a moment since I've been alive that's yep. been positive at least. This was their moment. But my God, it's – I think when they got to the post-game press conference, Diggs might have still been standing up, looking at the crowd, just flexing. And all. Yeah. I was, I'm it was that was him. hard to watch. And yeah, sorry. So I guess historically that play too, pretty cool. Anyways, back to my when he threw his helmet out of frustration from Jair, causing a personal foul, and Matt Lafleur smartly took it on the extra point instead of the kickoff. Which prevented because they were going to go for two. Had he not got that personal foul, it would have been a three-point game. The Kirk Cousins interception to Kevin King probably never happens, and mm-hmm. it's twenty-one twenty-one with three minutes left. Yep, it's just so so perfect how Diggs has such a terrible day, and the cherry on top is that he costs his team a chance to continue that game to keep his his team in it so i just yep. i love that that was the um the thing that really kind of ruined their chances yep so i think that wraps up the vikings game packers win vikings suck and we'll be back after this quick message from one of our sponsors hello packer fans do you ever feel like you're missing something we figured out what it is you're missing qualified b2b sales opportunities with prospects in your target market at B2B Data Guy, we work with all kinds of Packer fans just like you to generate targeted and qualified B2B sales opportunities for all of our clients. We do this by sending highly targeted emails to a 100% verified email list. Your ideal customer awaits you. Please check out B2BDataGuy.com for more information. Mention this exclusive promo code, I'm a poor man, for additional offers and discounts.
We are now on to take news. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. So I guess I should introduce what the segment is. Take news is just going to be a hot take from someone who covers the team, rather it be someone on the beat or someone who blogs. Either way, starting off this week, first one, Tom Silverstein from uh, the Green Bay Gazette. This is off the podcast, um, the Packers podcast from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We've talked about it a little bit on previous podcasts because the head coach has talked about it. With, And this is making a concerted effort to ramp up the fan base here for home games. Yeah. And the, and it seems like a weird thing for us to talk about. It does. But, but blah, 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 but, blah, but the blah. Fo- I'm sorry, but, you know, even though – it sounds like I'm pounding on Rodgers, and I don't mean to be, you know, just focusing on him. But, you know, the thing about telling the crowd, don't do the wave, you know, um, cheer this, cheer that, you know, play really well, and the crowd will cheer you like nothing you've ever seen. The, the Vikings have done a pretty good job of manufacturing over the years yeah. noise creating an environment that's really loud. Um, that's great, but it hasn't taken them to the Super Bowl. Stop worrying about that stuff. Yeah, it's cool to shoot off some fireworks and, okay, I don't yeah. care. Get back to winning and then then ask the crowd, you know, to, to turn it up a notch. Jim Osarski and Tom Silverstein run this podcast, and it is great. I enjoy It's not the most entertaining per se but if you're going to get information about the team this is one of the best podcasts you can listen to especially since Michael Cohen's obviously not making his anymore since he's covering whatever soccer team it is whatever either way I'll say this I do enjoy most of Tom's work it's nice to have a critical look at the team when a lot of the time especially on Twitter everyone is so overly optimistic especially this off season when Tom went out of his way to say that, you know, the new power structure of the team now with three guys in charge instead of one previously, as it was with Ted Thompson, the GM and Ron Wolf, they were always in charge. Now it's three guys who share that same responsibility. He was very critical of that in the off season. And I did enjoy reading that type of work, but this, this is something else. This is an old man yelling at the cloud. Damn it, you took my line, because that is the quintessential old man yells at Cloud. I mean, like, do you think they're in the locker room and just like, all right, boys, um, we're not going to pick up any first downs. We're not going to stop the opposing team. Uh, We're going to let them convert every third down because they're not loud enough. Like, you're just complaining just to complain. Like, I don't. And he, it's just a stupid take. He like, they want the crowd to be louder. What is wrong with that? And not only that, he he um, he goes into it too, saying, "Oh, well, they don't they don't like getting booed." No one talked about that. It, all all it was is Matt Lafleur has this offseason been trying to build up this, you know, the crowd being it's more involved. Energy, yeah. He's a guy who you know worked with the Falcons for a long time in a dome. He knows what that does to a defense. And that's what he's talking about. And Aaron Rodgers, the only thing, the only things that he said was that, please don't do the wave on when offense. we're on offense, and don't tell other fans to sit down. That's all he said, and it still pissed people off. It's just like, well, it, he it, just he can't he can't please everybody. And no. Tom Tom says, what? Yeah, the Vikings have a really loud stadium. They've never won a Super Bowl. Do you what? How are you jumping? To that point, so quickly. Yeah, like who? What? A, yeah, what a leap in logic. Like and you keep saying, just play better. If you play better, the crowd will get into it. If you're playing well and winning, who you don't you don't need help from the crowd. Yeah. It's these it's these close games, and it's probably what happened Sunday. I wasn't there, but the reports out of it, all, all the players were saying it's the loudest they've heard Lambo. All the fans there said it was the loudest. You've heard from Lambeau. And guess what? On the Packers News podcast, they didn't mention it after the game. <laughs> didn't mention how loud it was. Walked that one back real quick. So I'm I'm fine with being critical of how the team does their business. But to not even have what, – what point is he trying to make? What 
what are the negative parts of asking the fans to be loud? Right. Like I, it's it's it, yeah, it's fascinating to me how he was able to complain about that. It's it's honestly fascinating. What what what's the bad part? What you, what are you complaining about? I don't know. Which makes me angry. Take the news for the week. Tom, be better. And actually, this leads us right into our next segment, Dumb Packer Fan of the Week. And this leads right off of what we were just talking about. This was before the game. Both of these was before the game was even played. This is courtesy of Packers News talking about Aaron Rodgers talking about what we just talked about. Talk, talk, talk. This is Inception. And... Aaron should be grateful and humbled by the support of your fans rather than being negative. I hope to hell you read this. <laughs> what? These? I hope to hell. <laughs> this is why I love Facebook. This is, it's, they're, they're different worlds. You go on Twitter and it's like people are idiots one way and you go on Facebook and it's like, oh, these are older a idiots in a brand different of idiot. It's, it's unbelievable. Dude, hope to hell. That's, I'm, that's classic. <laughs> I'm going to use that. Here, here's another, and then here's another comment, same one. Hey, Aaron, stop. And remember, this is before the game. Hey, Aaron, stop holding on to the ball and improve your sloppy footwork. When you were at your best ball, when you were, at, sorry, he didn't use a comma. When you were at your best, should be a comma, the ball came out in three seconds consistently. The key to your success is getting the ball out of your hands early. You do that, we win 70% of the games. <laughs> This is this is a post about him talking about the crowd noise, and you are talking about his footwork. This is the worst part. Incredible. Most of these comments, you know, there aren't many replies or there aren't. This guy had 15 thumbs up. 15 people agreed. Oh my gosh. Hey, Aaron, I know you're talking about the crowd, but you gotta you gotta fix your footwork, yeah. man. Be better. These just be better. Here, here's another one too. This is Rhonda with an H. <laughs> I love this. This is a bit of a roller coaster. Maybe put a good team on the field that can actually make a stop on third down. Dot dot dot. The cheers will come back. This is after I mean, the Bears actually, game. That's not a bad point. This is after the Bears game. Oh, so I mean, yeah, three points. Terrible timing. Preseason. Maybe that holds some weight. But her comment is still weird. Maybe put a good team on the field. What I just said. So she she's saying be better. Follows it up. However, the ushers cater to the sit-down folks, so if the team wants the crowd to stand and cheer, then the stadium needs to get that message. What? Rhonda, what are you standing for? <laughs> Don't, they flash it every third down. I, you're, you're for standing. You're against standing. You're for being loud. You're be yeah, a better team. Like seven contradictions in that. That's honestly impressive. Terrible. All right, and the last Dumb Packer fan of the week. I'm going to read his tweet first. I think it's better to not have the context and then get the context. Briefly, what the context is, it's talking about Demarius Randall. Tim on Twitter. Not sure if, if you have never watched Randall in Cleveland, and he's replying to Jason Wildey. Not sure if you've never watched Randall in Cleveland or not, but he is many times better than Kaiser. He is a distraction, but you are lying to yourself if you say he isn't a good safety. I will now read you the original tweet. Jason Wildey quoted Mary Kay Cabot, who I assume covers the Browns. Demarius Randall, quote, if Jets' Greg Williams got the job, he would have requested a trade immediately. Wildey quotes that and says, was he this colorful during his Packers tenure? Now let's go back to what Tim said. (laughs) Wildy's question, was he this colorful during the Packer tenure? Tim, not sure if you never watched Randall in Cleveland or not, but he is many times better than Kaiser. He is a distraction, but you are lying to yourself if you say he isn't a good safety. Wildy replied, I never said he wasn't. I asked if he was this colorful. I covered him, and I don't remember him saying anything that noteworthy. Tim replies, sorry, that reply was meant for the first commenter. You guys... We gotta be better than this. This oh. is this might be fun too. Uh, her surprise. Town, baby. Tim's uh, Abby is the Aaron Rodgers audible where he's smoking a oh, joint. Hell yeah. yeah, very cool, Tim. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. All right, now we'll just jump right into the preview for this week but against first, the Broncos. Let me rant about how our week three opponent got absolutely bleeped. 
against the Bears. Absolutely screwed. I I honestly I didn't even see this. They it was actually. Oh wait, are was, you talking about the clock thing? That and the roughing the passer. Okay, okay, the roughing pass. People complaining about the clock. Shut up. Shut mm. up. Everyone knows what's going on. He caught it. He gave himself up. Stop the clock. Come on. Yeah. It, if it's fair, close fair. enough as it was. Again, come on. Yeah, again, as a fan, put yourself in yes. that team's perspective, and you would want the penalty. Sure. Yes. But that roughing the passer, dumb. So dumb. Anyways, all right. They Broncos got screwed. Um, they're going to want – we're going to want that game to be in the last column for the Bears come December, but hopefully it doesn't bite us. Anyways, um, going off of that, it's a little worrisome. The Broncos are 0-2. They're going to be desperate as hell Jeez. coming into Lambeau. Um, I mean, if a team goes – I mean, I don't know what the stats are, but I can't imagine the playoff outlook looks good for an 0-3 team. So they are going to be very desperate coming in. I don't know. But at the same time, let's not forget who their quarterback is. It's Joe Flacco. Very true. This – I think the Broncos are – we're still trying to figure out what the Bears are. I think the Vikings are going to be a good team. I see the Broncos as a poor man's version of the NFC North rivals, the Bears and the Vikings, hmm. where you have a you have a pretty good defense yep. on offense. What are you? I mean, they have Sutton and Sanders as their duo. They're Not like very a, menacing. a poor man's feeling and digs maybe. Yeah. Joe Flacco, Dirt who's poor. bad. Joe Flacco, not good. They they got a couple couple uh, good backs. Um, Noah Fan, I think is it. Yeah, he's he's got they got a rookie, rookie tight ends end. Don't do anything. How's their um? In, I mean, because obviously their edge, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are studs. I mean, how's their interior? D-line? I mean, I don't know they how got f- that Wolf guy. I think. <laughs> right, then that's exactly. I don't know how much we can talk about the Broncos. <clears throat> I know they're bad, and I know they got two good edge guys and Joe Flacco. That's it. Chris Harris, he's a sure. Star. Yeah, I assume I assume we're gonna win. If we lose this game, it would be pretty embarrassing, especially at Lambeau. In fact, I when was the last time we played the Broncos at Lambeau? I'm wondering if it was the game I was at. It couldn't have been because this was 2011. I and I swear to God about this. This was one of the big Aaron Rodgers games where I think he had four or five touchdowns. He was mic'd up. I can remember because this was when Tim Tebow was still on. Huh. On the team. Wow. And I shit you not, during pregame warm-ups, he was skipping the ball to the guy he was throwing to, where he literally could not play catch with his receiver. Tim Tebow? Multiple times, <laughs> he threw it at the feet of the guy he was throwing to. Wow. So, I don't know. I feel like this could be, you want the offense to show up. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be another low-scoring game. I feel like it's going to be something like, 10, throwing out there, 10 to 24 Packers. Mm. Yeah, um, I think a lot of – I think I saw something where they did maybe a coach's poll or or maybe they just asked a few coaches of who's the hardest D coordinator to game plan against. And uh, Fangio, yep. yeah, Fangs, Fangs, Dugas likes to call him Fangs. Um, so I'm, I'm going to call him Fangs. Uh, they said he's the hardest to game plan for, so um, – Matt Floor and, and 12 got their work cut out for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think the what made me feel better about the Packers this season is Vic Fangio leaving the Chicago Bears. Because mm-hmm. he really I was. I love that. Yep. Well, I love that. Obviously, the defense has still been great for the Bears. We'll see what it's like at the end of the year. But I don't. I feel good about the game. What do you think it'll be? 20, 27-13. Okay. They, we, hold, we hold them to a couple of field goals and – and uh, yeah, twenty-seven, thirteen. I think Broncos they co- put a put together a couple drives, but get held to field goals, and then maybe score a touchdown on a short field. Um, and then same thing for Green Bay. I think they can get in the end zone three times again, and then hopefully Crosby stays perfect and and knocks a couple down. Yeah, and I'll be there. So oh. if uh, if you're there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come come find Kyle. I'm sure you'd be able to pick him out based off of this. Yeah. Well, that does it for this episode of the Poor Man's Packers podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to please rate and subscribe. Tell all of your friends because I'm sure you enjoyed the show quite a bit. Um, 
I don't have anything else. Kyle? Yeah, maybe maybe keep this away from your Vikings fans, friends, because ripped into them a li- maybe a little, a little too much. But um, I think we'll, we'll do that every week with every fan base. But nah, I take that back. Yeah. The Vikings we don't care about the Broncos. Is, is, uh, something special. Yep, but that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Go Pack Go. They call me F-L-A-C-K-O and don't play no about my place. Season. Probably ducked off in a quiet place, which a breezy, probably shady, probably.